0: Hello everyone and welcome to When Life Gives You Lemons, our wee podcast about tackling and coping with some of life's challenges, hosted by me, Jenny McIntyre, and founder of Let's, Michael Byrne. Hello everybody and welcome to episode five of When Life Gives You Lemons. It's me, Jenny McIntyre, and I'm joined with um, Michael Byrne. Um we were just talking there about how we absolutely cannot believe it's episode five already, which means we've now been in lockdown for, for six weeks. Um Michael, how are you feeling?
1: I'm good, thanks Jenny. Who would, have thought we, who would have thought we would have had week five of the podcast, but week six of lockdown when we first
0: started this? I know, and in some senses it's kind of going like the blink of an eye and in others it's it feels like a lifetime ago we had our normal life if you like um doesn't it i
1: mean i think certainly i I can vaguely remember what normal was like (laughs) you know it's like i I think i think i've said this before but isn't there some kind of i've read it somewhere that says if you do something for 21 days or maybe it's 14 days or something like that 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 whatever it is that you do for 21 days becomes the normal, the yeah, normal for everyone.
0: Absolutely, and I did have a wee panic this morning to myself because I know we in episode one we did coping in isolation and we did all our steps so of mm. to keep your routine and everything like that. And Michael, it was quarter past ten, and I realised I still had my jammies on this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm not even following my own advice." <laughs> I know. Wasn't
1: there some? Sorry? Wasn't there a? Was it Martin Clunes or someone? I, I didn't see it, but I seen that he was... I read that he was on maybe like uh, morning breakfast television, and he fil- they filmed him in his pyjamas. <laughs> and, and he was getting recogni- you know, like, great recognition, because that's um, the normality for, for a lot of people. And, uh,
0: well, yeah. and I
1: thought, wow, but... okay. I mean, I think certainly it's difficult. I mean, I, I try and keep it like Monday to Friday and realise yeah. what Saturday is, and then just try and do something different on a Saturday, but... It's really easy to feel like everything's a bit of a groundhog day just now, isn't
0: it? Well, don't get me wrong. The laptop was on. I was drinking a coffee. My bed was made, and I just obviously forgot to, today. But I suppose you're, you're just going to have those days where it just kind of everything get gets out the window, all your routine and everything. And, and actually, that's okay. Like to have those days. So I'm, I very quickly got my jammies. Talking back to someone,
1: uh, I was talking to someone during the week, and I was helping them with you know some of the. Just teach them some coping mechanisms about what's going on just now and how to overcome them, stuff like that. And, you know, the the person I was speaking to was, you know, talking about how perhaps that they had noticed that they'd taken a dip
0: Mm -hmm. and then they
1: felt really good and then felt that they'd taken this dip and it was a really bad thing. And I I get asked that quite commonly because when you struggle with your mental health, what you tend to do is really enjoy the highs and then question why the lows. The reality is, is that. People who don't struggle with their mental health can be really happy one day, and then can just be a little bit flat the next day, or or, or, or unmotivated a bit of a tongue twister, or unmotivated mm-hmm. the next day, and just put it down to probably overdone it yesterday, or whatever. I was really happy because I finished a book, or whatever it may be. But when you struggle with your mental health and you don't have that high, you start to think, "Well, oh, I must be really unwell. I must be this and mm-hmm. that." Mm-hmm. And the trick is to really just separate out. You know, if if we were regular, uh, you know, in inverted commas, you know, and didn't struggle with mental health, you would just have days that you weren't on a high either. So sometimes just separating out and thinking, actually, this isn't just my mental health. It's just because yesterday I cut my grass, I was doing this, I was doing that, I'm doing that, and I'm just Mm -hmm. tired. And because I'm tired, I'm not as energetic. And I think it's a bit like what you're saying about your pyjamas. I think that there are some days without all of this uh, going on that you may well have done that anyway. It's just something, Mm -hmm. a normal thing to do.
0: Oh yeah, totally. And even I think um, the weather has obviously been a big, big help. And then I think it was maybe the first day the weather had kind of turned, and you almost feel like a wee bit uh, something's been taken away from you because you've you've kind of then had two weeks of glorious weather, and you've and you've built your routine around that. The weather gets taken away from you, and I remember the first day that the weather had turned, and it got to the afternoon, and I thought, I think I feel a bit anxious here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so it's just like those wee bits of routine being taken away from you. Not But doesn't it show you on. how
1: you can get into a routine relatively quickly? And, and, and yeah. it can be a positive routine. It can also be a negative routine. And you're right. Mm-hmm. And I think it shows as well how we can be influenced by the weather outside. But when you're working in an office or whatever, you very really see what's outside. That's okay. Well, exactly. You know, it's sunny when you go in. It's maybe sunny when you come out in your lunch break. The weeks there we were all probably getting on a bit of a high the weather's great looking out some summer clothes and shorts and t-shirts or whatever mm-hmm. and and i probably just a bit like yourself as the weather turned this week i thought oh, i'll need to put i'll need to put jeans on now as opposed to shorts. yeah and you think oh the, you know the weather isn't as good as you thought it was going to be it's not really summer that was just a freak there uh, of nature and stuff like that and you you think i'll i perhaps i'll need to stay indoors more than you know prior because the weather was a bit good you know
0: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Um, and I suppose, is there anything kind of over the last few weeks that you feels kind of helped you cope with the lockdown? Anything you've learned or discovered or anything that you've been up to? There's, there's, um, there's been a couple of
1: things that I've picked up on and I, I, uh, I kind of like to try and keep some sort of physical activity in my life. So I've kind of got a weights bench in my garage. I've maybe said this before. I'm rubbish at it, right? I don't, you know... I don't I'm sure to you're not. Really good at it, but I try and do it a couple of days in a row just to get some consistency. But what that does is that when I get up in the morning, I'll get prepared to go into the garage, blah, 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 do an hour of whatever there. And that regulates me for the day, both mentally and physically. And it sets me up because I then think, right, I'm going to have, I'm going to make this for my lunch that will be nice and healthy. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make that for dinner and that'll be nice and healthy. And then at night time... I blow it all away and I have a couple of bars of chocolate. But that's okay. Um, that's my treat. Um, and I find that that's really, really useful for me that, you know, I'm, when I'm doing some physical activity, I'll then cook something at lunchtime. And, like, recently I made some vegan uh, Texas chili.
0: Nice.
1: Uh, I made some vegan meatballs. Not that I'm anti-meat. It's just because of when I work out, I'm eating a lot of meat and um, because I try to get some protein. Um, but it's been really nice, actually, just thinking – I'm going to Google some different recipes, look up some things, see how to cook it, and then challenge yourself to make it. And I've made, as I said, some two or three nice dishes this last couple of weeks. That has just been that something that I would never have done. But actually, then when you eat it, you're looking like of forward to making your dinner, thinking, "I want to see what this tastes like
0: now." You know. Yeah, and all of a sudden, beans on toast just doesn't cut it anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, I, had, I had a steak on Sunday. You know, nothing great in that. I was eating the steak and I was thinking, I'm not really sure if I want too many more steaks. I kind of like cooking the you know, chickpea meatballs and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. I've
1: back a steak,
0: you know. I've been following um, Just Jess on Instagram um, and she puts up some fantastic recipes. Over the weekend, I'd made some sort of... It was like prawns that were like breadcrumbs and desiccated coconuts with um, this kind of avocado salsa. But see, in normal... Kind of life. As much as I like to cook and everything like that, you just, I just feel like I've not got the time. So it has been really, really good to to kind of explore different recipes and and all sorts. A wee bit, a wee bit of baking. But the only thing with baking is you then got to eat the cake.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, you need to keep some for me <laughs> till the lockdown. Stick them in your freezer or
0: something. Well, actually, just just before we started this episode, I um it a cupcake <laughs> Um, I've not even had my tea yet, and I'm, I'm scoffing <laughs> my face with cake. Yes,
1: you, know, you should have a starter anyway. You know, have your tea. Just, just see your cupcake as a starter.
0: Exactly, and sometimes the worry is that you fill yourself up with your main that you've not got space for your for your dessert. So you're better off just having it first anyway.
1: That, that's it. Look at the platter. You've had <laughs> your dessert before you eat your main. So even if you only eat ninety percent of your main, you've had your sweet anyway. <laughs> exactly,
0: exactly. But there is another one there, so I might go back for another one after this.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't mate, just do it, just have. It. But <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I certainly have uh, found myself just wanting to go and do some physical activity, wanting to, want to eat a bit of health. I mean, I generally probably have a healthy diet anyway, but want to try different things. And I think that's a, a really positive thing in your mindset. I don't, it hasn't set into me of, well, I'm doing this. Nothing, it doesn't feel like repetitive. I think because you're tra- I'm trying to keep my mind alert, I'm back to writing some poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, that I've done before, and so I don't. And then you know, doing work as well and stuff on like that. So it's about having those different things, and just they are part of like coping strategies for me as well. That I don't think what we're going to do today. If anything, it's like I can't wait until you know maybe eight o'clock at night when I've not got anything else to do. I can sit and have you know a, a bar of chocolate or whatever. That I don't drink tea coffee, but sit and have um, a bar of chocolate and just relax for an hour or two. You know,
0: absolutely, and I think it's kind of been. An opportunity for a bit of self care um, Mm. and a bit of kind of let's let's take a step back and what can we do to kind of look after ourselves here and make us make ourselves feel a bit better. And I have to say, even sleeping wise, because I've been getting up and still doing a bit of work and doing some exercise and eating really well, I've been sleeping tremendously um, over the last few weeks. Um, So it's obviously kind of continuing with these things and continuing with your routine it's obviously yeah. and, and, and the fact
1: that i think if, if we're getting if we're getting the same sleep pattern you know that, that's roughly you know you're not getting seven hours because you're going to bed at three o'clock and waking up at 10 you're getting if you go to bed at 11 you know you're still getting seven or eight it's your normal sleeping hours and uh, you know sleep deprivation can be a few difficult thing to handle for a lot of people i, I know that personally when i was Really struggled with my mental health. My sleep deprivation was terrible, and the mm-hmm. worst, I would only have one or two hours a night, and um, and try to function on a normal level. And uh, but you know, it's different. People have different ways of dealing with that. But well done, you.
0: Um, no, definitely, and as well, the other thing that I've been absolutely loving, because um, obviously with training and the weightlifting and things like that that's generally the only kind of training we'll tend to do. But what I've been really enjoying about the last few weeks is that the variety. So if the weather is good, then just getting up and going for a run or maybe a day of weightlifting or a day out on the like the bike or, or whatever. And the variety has been, like like you're saying, it's like you're kind of excited to get up and see what you get up to that day. Um, so that's another thing that I've kind of... So really tell
1: about. us how you're... you're- Duathon training's coming
0: along. <laughs> I know the answer to well, this, but I just want to tell else um, I did try one on Mon. I think it was Monday. Like the 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 full distance of it. Now it is just a sprint rather than the standard Juathon. Um, but I actually, I mean, it took me just under two hours. I think. Um, and how far did you
1: travel?
0: So it was. So I did five k run, twenty five k bike, five k run. Um, So, I know
1: I said this the last time, so that's uh, 35 miles, if I did it up correctly, 35 miles you travelled in under two hours. Well, yeah, well,
0: 35 kilometres, yeah. 35 kilometres. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but it was good. It was good to try and feel the distance. At
1: this point in time saying, so Can <laughs> I drive nice. 35 kilometers in two
0: months? Um it's nice just to have like a kind of a bit of a goal and a challenge just yeah. to kind of push yourself a wee bit and it gives I, I feel it gives you that focus as well. Um but Apart I know that when I come home from that and I put the laptop on, my brain's so much more focused and ready to to go with whatever project i'm working on that particular day so i really enjoyed that actually
1: i think it i mean i i, I uh, can't i well, i can't i wouldn't say i can i'm not in a condition to be able to do that and when i get there i'd love to do it but uh, i think it gives you a focus for me as i said when i'm going to my garage and just you know it's just a weight much but i'm thinking here's my target for tomorrow i lifted this today tomorrow i'd like to do that or, or whatever yeah. i don't do the same exercises a few days three days in a row or whatever but i'll put it in my notepad that today i lifted you know x or y next time i'll put two and a half kilos on and try and do you know some of that and as i said it gives you a purpose and a, and a focus and to think nothing you know this isn't hopeless i want to try this and i want to achieve it and then as you only yourself um once you've achieved that you think i've just done 35 kilometers in less than two hours you know mm-hmm. and if you, you feel good about yourself and, you, and gets all sort of uh, chemicals released endorphins and so on that you think this is great
0: yeah oh no definitely and I know that was one thing that stuck with me today and you'd very kindly asked me to join um or um yeah the webinar that you were kind of part of today um through the was it the Dumbartonshire chamber the Barton,
1: uh, the Dumbartonshire Chamber of commerce
0: yeah um and it was absolutely brilliant so thank you very much for for asking me to to be part of that um but Mark Tiffany who was is it the owner of um DCS gym I think it was Um, he'd been talking about how if you make yourself one percent better every day within a year that's in in nearly 38 percent better than than the year before so it's just about all those tiny tiny wee steps that if you just consistently take them no matter what it is it doesn't necessarily have to be exercise it can be anything but just consistently taking those small steps makes a big difference over the course of just one year
1: absolutely and i I think that's i think that some what he spoke of one thing particular is that sometimes we um, set a goal and think we can get to it relatively quickly without proper preparation uh, and without proper planning, um, so like you, you know, you want to compete in that duathlon. You know, you need to get up to a certain fitness level to be able to compete in that. But someone starting from this, you know, zero fitness and so on, thinking I'm going to do that, but I can do it in two weeks' time, is really setting themselves up for a failure without taking the proper steps. And it's, as I said, uh, if I picked them up correctly, it's about working on what your weaknesses are, and I do. Yeah that Part, you know, it's like the weakest link in the chain, sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's figuring out what's the weakest part of what you're trying to do. And it doesn't have to be, you know, running, it can be what's the weakest part of your day, what's the bit of the day that you don't like the best, or you know, you, you struggle with the most, and try to work on that. Um, you know, because we can all do things that we like relatively easily, um, but. You know, it's always harder to, to work on the things you don't like. And as I said, if you're struggling first thing in the morning, it's easy to lie in your bed. It's a lot harder to jump up out of it and think, right, I can do this. So you're right, that, those 1% improvements, even if it is only just sometimes making up your mind to get out of your bed and, you know, just put that into a normal working a not, a working day for those who's not furloughed, but a normal day um, can make a massive difference.
0: Yeah, and I think as well it's about keeping it, um, like your goals or whatever it's about keeping it realistic mm. um there'd be n- there'd be no point in me saying right I'm going to compete in the standard distance of duathlon right now because there's no way my body would be capable of that so take it back and and okay maybe I could do a sprint distance and then maybe I could work on my time but and again for for any kind of anything in your life it is keep it realistic that it's actually achievable because if you kind of set a goal that, that's not achievable, not realistic, it's just going to knock you for six when, yeah. when you don't achieve it, and um, that's it's quite off putting to then try again,
1: yeah, it disempowers you, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, that's the word I'm looking formula for. Formula likes failure in terms of that, but I remember a couple of years ago, I was in this seminar or whatever, and the woman. Asked uh, the full audience, "Who here believes they could climb Mount Everest?" And I put my hand up. I was the only person in the room that put my hand up. And I kind of thought, "I've got. I know the answer to this question. What she's asking is, who believes they could climb Everest, not who believes they could climb Everest right now." Yeah. Uh, so everyone was seeing it from, "Well, I couldn't do it right now, so I could put my hand up." And my, I put my hand up and the women kind of looked at me and I said, I believe, I, of course I could climb Mount Everest. I could climb Mount Everest with the correct training, with the correct preparation, because I believe that anything's possible. I couldn't walk out of whatever it was in Glasgow and go and climb Mount Everest. That would just be absurd. Um, but I believe that I could do it. I would have faith and ability in myself with the proper training, the proper preparation, the proper mindset. That, yeah, of course I could do it. Why would I not be able to do it? The mistake is thinking, I could go and do it right now.
0: Yeah. Um, no, it's a, it's a good way to look at it. And sometimes I, I overly believe, but I think that's better than underly believing, if that's even a word I'm not really sure.
1: Uh, well, do you know, when we were, when you were, uh, for the viewers, when you were messaging me other day saying, I'm just about to go and do my trial for this thing, and uh, the thought came into my head, uh, the saying, and I know I have a saying every week, I kind of feel a bit silly, but uh, I think it was Roosevelt, the American uh, American president, uh, or it was Henry Ford, I can't recall. Um, Basically, his saying was, whether you believe you can or if you believe you can't, either way, you're right. Yeah. So if you believe you can do something, you can do it. You might not necessarily be able to do it right there and then, but you believe that you can do it. And the flip of that is if you believe you can't do something, your mind already has set up that you can't do it, and pretty much there's no point in even trying, because if your mindset going into something is... I can't do this, a little bit lockdown, a bit like lockdown, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this, well you're going to mm-hmm. really struggle with that, whereas mm-hmm. if your mindset was, of course I can do this, I just need to learn how to get through it, I just need to learn how to adapt to it, and so on, but it is all in the mind, and I, you know, when you were saying I'm going to go and do it, I saying you go and do it, if you believe you can do it, you're going to do it, you know
0: have If you don't hear from me in an hour, it means it's killed me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> when did I hear from you?
0: The next day. <laughs> I think you actually that night your message and said are you okay? I've not heard from you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know I, I can't remember, but I I, I didn't hear from you, and I thought oh, it must be in a deep sleep or something like that. It's exhausting. That's um, I don't believe anybody's died or anything like that. But, <laughs> but um, but it's I mean it's the same premise, you know, and I, when I go into my garage and I know I'm fortunate enough to have a garage that I've got a wee weight bench and I've got these wee motivational um and it's things like I've said on here that. You're confined only by the walls you build around yourself. Uh, if you believe you can, you can. If you believe you can, you can. Or, you know, and stuff like that. And they're all true. And the one that I, I must have cut it out a couple of years ago, maybe a few years ago, and it says, I call myself a survivor because I am. And it's just so- mm-hmm. short and sweet. And I think it's credited to unknown. There's, you know, no one's attributed to it. But it's absolutely true. We are all survivors in this. We just don't think we are. But when we get through this and look back, we'll all think we got through this, we done it. And I think we all have to be proud and that we've actually achieved that.
0: Oh yeah. No, absolutely. Um and it'll be interesting to see what the kind of what the government say next week, um, whether they will be a wee bit more kind of lenient with the restrictions or whatever. But I suppose we just have to be put be prepared for the answer to be that they're they're not going to be um, loosened off at all and that's when your head plays a really important part or a really important role. Three weeks you can breeze by, six weeks is a slightly different story, nine weeks.
1: Yeah can you imagine that if at the beginning they said you're going to have nine weeks of a lockdown it would have been really difficult for people um, to get their head around that. So it's far easier to say to people, we'll do three, then we'll do another three, then we'll do another three. It is a bit like training. If says, yeah, it's those
0: so small steps. Well, we need to do like, nine, let's just get through this. Can't do
1: because it's, you think it's insurmountable. And I think we'll look back on that and think, we're um, well done getting through it. Um, but it's interesting as well, because I, I, I deliberately don't keep up with a lot of media and stuff like that that's going on just now. Um, but I did read that B&Q and I've, and a couple of things, McDonald's are perhaps getting ready to open up and things like that. And it reminds mm-hmm. me a wee bit of when the Berlin Wall came down. Now, I know you're probably only about three months old or something in the Berlin
0: Yeah, uh, Maybe. <laughs> but
1: the Berlin Wall came down um, by a complete accident. It wasn't, there wasn't a government instruction or anything like that. What actually happened with the Berlin Wall was that people were gathering at the Berlin Wall and then just started pulling bits of it away and then pulling more bits of it away. And then no one stopped them. And then ultimately the wall came down. And I kind of get the sense that more and more people might start to think, do you know what, I'll just go out. I'll just go to B&Q. And if I'm going to b and I'll nick to McDonald's or I'll go there and I'll go there. Mm-hmm. And more and more mm-hmm. people do that. And then by default, you don't necessarily have the same level of lockdown. And that's potentially where more danger could be. And I'm not, politics only coming into this, I'm just making an observation about what may happen.
0: Yeah, because the, the fear would be then the second wave and then kind of we're in this for even longer. Yeah.
1: And I think that's the one thing that everybody wants to avoid, whether it's, you know, your views may be on the government and all of that sort of stuff. I think it's just kind of eclipsed by the greater good of, well, nobody wants to catch it. Nobody wants to pass it on to anyone. And we need to yeah. really do as much as we can to prevent those things. And I, and I I understand that people's mental health and so on will become increasingly jeopardised um, by this, but it's a, it's a necessary evil at this point in time to just adhere to the government guidelines, however frustrating it must be. But one of the best things that I think will come out of this is the actual reduction in stigma around mental health.
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah.
1: I've never heard mental health spoke about so much on, you know, on the news and on various television programs that have maybe caught where they're talking about, we really need to put things in place for mental health. And if, if, you know, if anything is going to reduce the stigma around mental health, it will be this, because hopefully more and more people will start to talk about mental health. There'll be an acceptance now that, yeah, of course, staying in your house for nine weeks is bound to have an adverse effect on mental health. And actually, so these other things now that I start to think about it. uh, And it brings the conversation almost a normal, you know, conversation. How's your mental health been during lockdown? That doesn't sound like a strange Mm -hmm. thing to ask anyone. But two months ago, it would have been a strange thing to ask someone. So how's your mental health?
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, the more we can talk about it, the better and the kind of more normal, if you like, a question. It it becomes... um, the unfortunate side of it is that we, the, the only way we can get to this is by people experiencing it to be able to then want to talk about it. Um, but if we can break down some of those walls over the next few weeks and barriers and stigma, then all the better.
1: Definitely. I mean, what I've well, the, probably isn't the last time since we did the last podcast, uh, I've had quite a few people contact me um, just asking for some help and advice. And indeed, as I was saying, uh, you know, you're getting contacted more and more, which is a great thing. That means that people are reaching out and contacting people and, you know, seeing the podcast or seeing posts on LinkedIn or, or whatever, you know, and that's great because normally that may well never have happened Um, that people are starting to recognise, actually, I've got a bit, of, I'm not feeling the way I did. Uh, maybe I've got a problem or a concern with my mental health. Actually, I know who I can go and talk to. And that's a fantastic Mm -hmm. thing. That's something that I was never capable of doing before I had my breakdown. So I think that's fantastic that that's happening now, you know.
0: And I was actually kind of... I know earlier today in the webinar, you'd mentioned a few figures um, with regards to investment into mental health, which they just kind of blew me away slightly. So, So it was for every pound somebody invests in mental health for their employees the return is like one fifty to £9 or something like that. Like that, that this, is, and that's a statistic. This is how big a deal it that's is.
1: That's a statistic, and anyone can find that. It's in the Farmer Stevenson report into, from 2017. So it is a proper statistic. And basically, it quotes all these figures that says, you know, the loss to the British economy, prior to this, obviously, uh, yep. ranged between 43 to £97 billion pounds lost due to mental health. Uh, whether that directly be sick days or under productivity through presenteeism and various other things. But it then goes on to say that what they've discovered is that for every £1 an organisation spends on the well-being of its staff, the return will be between one point fifty to £9. So in percentage terms, it's 150 to 900% that an organisation gets back through productivity, through non lost sick days and having to get staff to cover and all of those other things. Is up to nine hundred percent. Now I, I'm, you know, I, I speak about those statistics. Depending, you know, if I'm talking to a finance director about why you'd want to do mental health training with us and so mm-hmm. on, and um, because that kind of triggers them to think, well, I can get nine hundred percent back on that money. I'm going to pay you then. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Has mm-hmm. an impact on people. What I really cared about is the well-being of the staff. But it does show people what actually you can get in return when you have a, a healthier um, staff workforce, whatever it whatever it may be. You know,
0: absolutely. When you put it into figures like that, it kind of makes you realise like how big a problem this this is. Well, before we even go into the, the other down. side
1: of that, is is why would you not invest the one pound? Why would you not invest? a hundred pounds or a thousand pounds or whatever it may be knowing that you're going to get 900 times that back um and you know it's it almost becomes a question of take the morals out of it of you know want to have the well-being of your staff why would you not do it in terms of a business sense that you get that productivity back to you mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, no it was when you, when you mentioned the figures earlier i was like thinking this is a really really I, like, you know it's a big problem and, and it's got the stigma but this is a really big problem
1: and, and that report is three years old so you know if they were to revise it now the likelihood will be well, prior to coronavirus uh, the likelihood would be that it would be increased um because you know the worst organizations are putting some things in place um not everyone is because it takes time and that's not a criticism of organizations who haven't and Without those organisations that haven't, you know, I wouldn't have a business because you know we do mental health training and all the other and support and services. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that more and more we're beginning to realise the importance of good mental health. But we're also beginning to realise that hopefully it's okay to struggle with your mental health and see it not as a barrier or a loss of value within the workforce. And I, and I can always talk a, a bit like you know, if you. You know, if you're working out and you twist your ankle, right, you go over on it, you go to doctors, you may get put in a cast, and perhaps six weeks later, you'll be okay again. You'll still be a wee bit sore mm-hmm. in your ankle joints or whatever, but, you know, you'll be 90% back to whatever you were and so on. And you'll be av- still be a valuable member of your workforce and your business and so on. Um, it's no different with your mental health. If you're struggling with your mental yeah. health, you need support, our services, or whoever it is, but you can still come through that and return. I'm living proof of that. If I can get through the stuff that I got through and be relatively productive, <laughs> depending on you know how you view productivity, but fully function, valuable member of business and society, other people can do it. And I think that's the problem with um, ongoing businesses sometimes. And one of our stats I said today was 300,000 people a year lose their job through mental health. Yeah, that's, that's right. It's incredible. I mean, I stay in Glasgow. That's half the population of Glasgow. So over two years, that's everyone in Glasgow losing their job through poor mental health. And that's either because they feel that they have no option but to leave or the organisations, um, you know, end their contract or whatever. It's mm-hmm. a scary stat. It is.
0: And, and all the stats that you kind of, you mentioned today, that they are scary. Um and I suppose it's just about everybody being that bit more understanding at the moment um, and kind of reaching out that wee bit further. I know you'd said you you would turn up at work with, with your suit of armour on and a smile on your face to try and fool the world to think that you're okay. So it's just trying to break down that suit of armour with people. Absolutely.
1: And I think that, you know, the advice I was talking about today is that, you know, um, Don't look at it, you know, if you're in contact, if you're an employer and you're, you know, um, Zoom calling your staff and stuff like that and they're asking how they are and they say, I'm okay, you know, the likelihood is that in reality when you take all things considered, they might well be struggling um, because we're into this Mm -hmm. for six or seven weeks now and it'd be perfectly natural to be struggling. What you have to do is the employer or the boss or whatever, is to, make, uh, is to get a conversation going that they don't feel threatened by you, that, well, I can't tell my boss I'm struggling with mental health because it might mean I don't get that promotion in six months' time or they're going to think ill of me. It's as, as an employer, to get to an environment and a culture that says, do you know what, it's perfectly okay to struggle with your mental health, Because I've maybe kind of had a wee dip as well, and I know what it's like, or whatever, you know, or, and it's to be more empathetic. And I think the the biggest thing Mm -hmm. that anyone can do, if you're a manager or business owner or whatever, is to actually care about your staff. That's the biggest tool that you can have.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, And empathy, that's, that was kind of something that was going to come on to as well. That's, again, that kind of understanding and, I mean, we've all been there um, at one point or another, in some form or another. So, like you say, show that you care and, and that you understand, or or maybe you don't understand, but you, you kind of... Yeah, and,
1: and it's okay if you don't understand, you what you then need to do is put the person in contact with someone who who can talk to them. You know, there's, there's yeah. a famous quote, again, in my quotes, but I'm sure I read something recently that said, you know, uh, you know, a great leader doesn't know how to do everything. A great leader knows how to contact, or, or you know, get the people who do know how to do things best to do those things best. Um, you know, you, you know, if you take it in a football context, you know, Jose Mourinho wasn't a fantastic football player. There's so many great managers who weren't great football players. You know, so it's, but it's mm-hmm. you know, we've all got different strengths and abilities, and great leaders don't always know how to communicate with staff about all those things. But they know a person that can and something more valuable. Yeah.
0: Oh no, absolutely. Um and, and even more so from, from their own person's point of view, that, that might be something that suits them better. They might be, be happier to talk to, to somebody that's kind of not within the, the circle of, of work or that environment. Again, these are all just kind of individual preferences and and what works for one person won't work for another. Absolutely.
1: I think that's what I said today. It's like like one size doesn't fit all. It's like we don't don't all want to drive the same type of car. We don't always want, you know, spaghetti bolognese for our dinner. We don't always want the same things because we're all different. And what suits one Mm -hmm. person absolutely can guarantee won't suit another. So it's about making sure that as an organisation you have a tranche of support available. You might have this option, that option, that option, option, and the person has the choice. It's not like, you know, a lot of employee assistance schemes. You know, the first protocol is you'll get up to six weeks with a counsellor, and that's it. But where's the options? And I I know that, you know, the services that we offer, um, you know, I've had loads of, you know, testimonials back saying, uh, you know, an hour with with me through the sessions we do is far better than uh, some of the sessions I've had with counsellors. But that's not to say counsellors mm-hmm. didn't work. They just didn't work for that person. And without saying, with yeah. our alternative counselling doesn't have to be the one and only. And I'm still mesmerised to this day as to who said six weeks of counselling would be up to six weeks of counselling would be adequate because every organisation you talk to says, that's what we've got. <laughs> Somebody somewhere must have started off yeah. and everyone just copied it and thought it was a great idea without
0: yeah, That's,
1: it'll be like a kind of like,
0: out-of-date you know? statistic somewhere.
1: <laughs> it's been written into a policy somewhere, perhaps, and everyone's just adopted it. And I understand that. I've done that plenty of times in yeah. my, my past as well. But what we should be doing, and I know I said this today, and is actually engaging with staff and saying, look, see say if you are struggling with your mental health, how would you like us as an employer to know about it? And then what would you like us to do to help and support you? And have it that mm-hmm. approach from the bottom up as opposed to, if anyone's struggling with your mental health, here's what you're going to get. That just leads to people saying I, I don't want that. Um, you haven't even asked me, how do you think that will help me when you don't know what's wrong with it?
0: Yeah. Well, not no, anything's wrong, but you know what I mean,
1: hey. you know, what they, what they want to discuss no. or what the concern may be, you know.
0: hmm mm-hmm. And it's actually just dawning on me as well, Michael, on a kind of separate note, I know we had kind of mentioned it, but today was meant to be the supper club where you were going to be coming to speak at, at um you had me in your I diary. I for was today. To be making my way down
1: to air probably for a speaking engagement. I don't know about now probably. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Cause that was that that must have been January, was it was, that, wasn't it? Or something it? we put that date in the diary. Um little did we know what where we well, would be. I
1: mean I think that's that's really the lesson, isn't it? I mean if we were to say back in January, four months ago that this would be the situation and I think that's, you know, the situation for a lot of people just now is thinking, oh my goodness, where will we be in four months' time? Um, but it just shows you, you know, the, it's the best laid plans of mice and men is to say, you know, that, you know, live in the moment. Um, plan for the future as best you can, but absolutely live in the moment.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of about not being disheartened when it doesn't all go to plan. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, so the, the the supper club or whatever was meant to be tonight and it was, it was like, my first one as the business and there's something that you're super excited for but actually when it's taken away from you you can you can be upset and disheartened but it's, it's all out with your control and and there's no point kind of getting overly worked up about these things that you you just oh, absolutely, absolutely.
1: I look that I'm pretty sure some of the most beautiful destinations in the world have been found because someone took the wrong road or someone got detoured or someone, you know, got the wrong directions and some of the most beautiful places in the world have been found by not sticking to the path or sticking to the road. And you know, I think that's just the way that yeah. you look at it. And there's been many amazing things that have come out of um, the last six weeks. I know many dreadful things have happened, and I know that I get that, but sure. um, it's about, you know, we would never have done this series of podcasts had this not happened. That would have been coming down to you come on like, tonight and doing you know a chat uh, having a talk and stuff like that and um, so there are those are things that can still happen when you know social distancing things uh, are diminishing as such but look at all the things that have the great things that happened whilst that's ongoing at this moment in time and you know oh. I think there are just some things you wouldn't change
0: no absolutely not and I think I kind of mentioned it in um, the first episode as well but as much as we're all kind of isolated, if you like, at the moment, I've never ever felt so connected to to friends and family uh, ever before because I feel that everybody's making so much more of an effort to stay in, or oh, quiz night and log and Zoom call and 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 all that stuff. So th- that's a blessing that you have to take away. Uh,
1: you know? I think that that's the best way of look at, isn't it? That I think. If it was real isolation, I think you said this before, if it was the middle of winter where it was dark until nine and then dark from three, you would feel trapped. And and if we didn't have the technology that we we have just now, it would it would be a lot a lot worse, you know. And I think that would be a real mental detriment um, to yourselves that if you really couldn't communicate with anyone except for the person who was in the house with you, and if that was just yourself, it's a long day, that's a long six weeks or nine weeks, however it may be. So I think we have to be grateful for, for what we've got in terms of if we can stay positive Of look at the things that we can do rather than you know being critical of the things that we can't do. And that's a perfectly natural thing to do is to criticise all the things you can't do. But as we've already said in this conversation, look at all the fantastic things that we have been able to do and people can do despite the situation that's going on around us.
0: Yeah, it's what you make of it and it's keeping that kind of positive mindset and, and understanding and kind of being okay with the fact that some days you're going to feel better than others and that's that's okay and, and it is perfectly normal.
1: I and I think we said that at the beginning, you know, I think that nobody really ever wants the highs all the time because it's really difficult to keep the highs all the time and nobody wants the lows all the time because they're hellish. What mm-hmm. you generally want is some kind of equilibrium, is, you know, a bit high, and then wee dip, and that's okay. And you kind of keep it a bit of momentum going. Um, and I think it's yeah. just finding that equilibrium in your in yourself and in your life just now that thinks, okay, I've kind of got control of all the things that I can. I can,
0: <laughs> you know, I can
1: go to the shops once a week and buy my shop, and then I can cook, you know, v- vegan meatballs or whatever it is. And you have that control. You have control. And I think you said that control over the things that you can control. And what goes on in the world, as you said, you kind of control that. Don't waste your energy on worrying about it.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. But um anyway, do you have any nice plans for the weekend, Michael?
1: When's the weekend? Uh, <laughs>
0: but, uh <laughs> what day are we on? <laughs>
1: um I don't well, I I don't really. Um last weekend, uh, because of nice and sunny, I've got a young son, so um he's um, so I got, had the stabilizers on his bike and I was out pushing him on his wee bike and all that sort of stuff however uh, he's not really I, I'm not too sure whether he hasn't mastered the art of pedalling or he just doesn't want to pedal and dad pushed me, dad push me <laughs> so, so hopefully if the weather turns we will get back out and do that again because I know those are, those are memories for any parent that they want to look back on and uh, I'm no different from that you know
0: and how he, how's he coping with lockdown? Does he understand what's going on? Or is he just totally no, he's, excited he's, to have you about all
1: he, You know, his, his daily routine is he's um, Dr. Burn, he's Fireman Sam, He's uh, all of these other characters, so he's got a wee fireman outfit. He's got a police outfit. <laughs> <laughs> all he's the got a doctor's where he'll come and take you know the thermos, uh, thermoscope, oh, whatever it's called, um, and uh, make sure I'm okay and you know if I'm still alive and all of that sort of stuff. So his life is just everything going around him, and he doesn't really know what's going on um well no i take that back he did say to me beginning to look down he did ask me dad what's coronavirus and i was i was kind of taken on my heels by that and i just kind of said it's nothing you to worry about but then rather darkly the week later he said to me dad is the world going to end next week oh no <laughs> and i'm kind of laughing because you know as a three-year-old asking me that but he must have picked it up somewhere yeah. um but since then he's not bothered he's, he's i say he's He's a doctor, he's a fireman, he's Fireman Sam, he's, you know, all of these things, you know. <laughs> Although it's quite funny because I've got, a, and this, this is me kind of just being a, a parent here, if you indulge me for a few minutes. So we've got him loads of wee Fireman Sam toys that we got from Father Christmas at Christmas time for him. So, um, but one of the characters in Fireman Sam is Penny, okay. So Penny wasn't, Santa didn't bring Penny for some reason. Um, so I keep asking him, where's Penny? And said, Dad, we don't have Penny. Santa Claus didn't bring Penny. <laughs> but then I said, No, no, we've got some Penny Pasta. <laughs> like, dad, stop being silly. <laughs> There's those things,
0: dad jokes,
1: beautiful moments, you know. Well, beautiful moment when three year old says to you, Dad, stop being silly. And
0: you're like, oh, okay,
1: no bother.
0: <laughs> well, I've no children here, but I've two cats, and I was. Absolutely mortified this morning. I got up, went to go through and feed them through the living room, and there's uh, this enormous dead bird on the floor. Oh wow. And I've n I've they've never done anything like that to me before. I fell out with them all day. I'm not talking to them, and I had so that was my morning trying to get this bird out of my house. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. And the thing is, Michael, I don't have a cat flap, so I've no idea how this bird has got into the house. Wow! So now I'm worried that there's like, just like a, another random bird dead somewhere. So that that's that as, as fun as it gets in this house. You've seen The Godfather, haven't you? No.
1: Have you never seen The Godfather? No. Okay, I, I, I won't say it. But there's nothing in it about birds. There's nothing but in it about a horse's head.
0: <laughs> oh, this thing. And the, the neighbour ended up texting me because... Like I was kind of panicking so much, I must have been making a lot of noise.
1: She okay? saying, Is
0: everything okay in your house? And I was like, yes, it's fine. <laughs> um, and as
1: I said, these are the times you are going to look back at this lockdown and think, see when you were in lockdown, my cats did this, my cat. Yeah. And well, I think those are the things, those are the nostalgic things that we're going to look back on and think, oh, <laughs> those are the that make the I'd point. rather
0: forget that, but Michael, if I could. Um, <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll, I'll remind you.
0: I also read somewhere that if a cat brings you something like that home, it's not a gift, it's that they think you're so pathetic that you can't even feed yourself that they're just kind <laughs> of throwing, throwing you a bone if you like <laughs> i
1: am sure that so, in the case that must have been <laughs> bitten by a, a dog liker or something like that someone, someone who's anti-cats and to make you feel well, bad there's
0: no positive in that But no, I, well that's I'm it, I'm they're grounded now their,
1: their own natural instincts like ours is to just get out <laughs> and they went around <laughs> and killed a bird maybe they didn't kill it, maybe they found it I don't know
0: Oh, maybe but they're not getting out today because I can't make up to that again so. <laughs> they're, in locked, they're in
1: serious lockdown
0: <laughs> yes exactly exactly
1: Fantastic. Um, well, it's been a pleasure Jenny as always and I hope yes. everyone listening has taken something from our thoughts and experiences this week then
0: yes and we um, look forward to speaking to you next week
1: absolutely we've got some great guests lined up uh, for the next few weeks as well um that we're really glad to have and who have given up their time to come and join us and uh, help and support everyone with their stories as well. So we'll speak to everyone soon then.